Hello, I'm Gregor, host of the Story Shop podcast. Today we're talking to Ruby, better known as at Babyskin on Instagram, one of the UK's leading skin influencers. We talk about how she became an influencer and how she formed her own company, Last Drop Jewelry, and the story so far. Right, shall I call you Ruby or Baby Skin? What's Oh my god, you hundred percent planned that as the opening line. <laughs> you can call me Ruby, so you can Ruby. see we're on friendly terms, okay, you know. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Um right, so tell me well do you want to start with the Ruby story or the baby skin story? Um to be honest, Greg, I think both so intertwined. <laughs> um let's go with Ruby's story. Okay. Well let's okay. tell us. So, Ruby's story, I left school at 18, standard, went to Edinburgh Uni to study social anthropology, and um, it was brilliant, I absolutely loved it, very eye-opening, really didn't teach me many life skills, but very, you know, taught me to open my mind and look at things from different perspectives, think outside the box, all that kind of thing. And left there, just wanted to have fun. You know, I was, what, 22, so I got a job in Urban Outfitters, as you do with your university degree. Um, Just went on nights out, made the most of young 22 life. Um, Decided I probably would like to get a nine-to-five job after a while. And was thinking, what on earth am I going to do with a degree in social anthropology? Um, Like, what are my transferable skills? And, you know, what have I kind of had any form of experience in? Um, I went to London to stay with my auntie just for a month. And she's quite well connected there in the kind of PR world. So... She set me up just like week long work experiences with um I did one week with Graham Norton's stylist <laughs> who um has a kid at school with my cousin. So that was a good laugh. Um and then I did MTV News. So I was just like writing up transcripts for like kind of celebrity interviews, got to meet Paris Hilton, which life goals right there. Um and then moved into, you know, the PR side. I worked in her office. Um and out of everything that was what I enjoyed the most. We were, you know, doing brainstorming sessions and a lot of alcohol brands so talking about music festivals and um you know which influencers and celebrities they could work with and I just thought it was great fun and how amazing you could actually do that as a job I never knew so came back to Glasgow was like right let's try and get a job in PR did some work experience very very small agency in city centre um then went back to urban and as soon as a position came up in that agency they asked me back went there and then I got um headhunted by you Gregor (laughs) and then I came to work for you um and then I feel like I'm need to take a breath worked with you for a a year and a bit it feels feels like longer it felt in the like a long time way. yeah um i think it was about a year and a bit got unexpectedly pregnant um went off on mat leave and started up a small business which obviously we'll talk about more in a bit 
went back to my job in PR after when my little girl was one year old and was just, you know, it wasn't working. It wasn't working for me as a new mum. It just didn't sit right with me. Kind of, in any way, I'm very maternal and I just wanted to be with my baby, basically. Um, So quit after a couple of months and thought I'll just give this a real go um, with my own small business and with my influencer work and yeah this is us now quite about a year ago so yeah and now everything's flying you've in terms of the influencer work and the the business yeah best decision I ever made um like in every aspect um you know quality of life wise um and I'm happier in what I'm doing and I'm making more money which I actually was very prepared to take a step down money wise obviously when I quit my job I thought it doesn't matter I'll just make it work um long as I can get by kind of thing it'll be fine I've always got can always make more money but I can never get more time back that was always my thinking um but yes it seems to have all just fallen into place and so happy to have to have taken the leap is there anything you miss about PR? I do, I do. I miss going to work and being around people. That's mainly what I miss about now being self-employed and being at home with my little girl all day because you just miss that social aspect. Like That was always, whatever job I was in, even going to school, it was just the best part. It was just sitting and chatting, <laughs> chatting rubbish to people. Um, and yeah, PR... I do. I did love working PR for all the creative side, all the brainstorms, all the team meetings, events, um, that kind of thing. Getting to use your creative brain, but I do still get to do that in my job now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mainly the social aspect is is what I miss. Mm-hmm. I suppose because I think it's a brave decision as well. Because I think from the PR side of things, like I can speak from first hand experience, you were very good at it and could have gone a lot further in it if you'd wanted to. Was was there anything kind of holding you back and thinking I should stick with this or was it just an easy decision? It wasn't an easy decision, no. I did, you know, obviously I was starting out in the PR world but I could see people and they were progressing and getting to higher positions and I did, a part of me did think, oh, maybe I, I could do that, you know, I could get promoted and move up in the PR world but to be honest with you always and I think I actually discussed this with you like on a work trip once and then afterwards I thought shit I really shouldn't have said that to my boss like I'm not was never really career minded in that way like wanting to move up the ranks and wanting to be promoted and I just always wanted to go to work have a good time and do a good job but you know career wise I've just never been in that headspace of like really wanting to go for it and make big jumps and that kind of thing I just always always wanted to be a mum um and when I got pregnant which was unexpected I just thought right well you know maybe this is the time to do this now and Mm -hmm. 
maybe in the future I, I will be more hungry for mm-hmm. for a career but um yeah it just wasn't really in, on my agenda but you know you're not you say hungry for a career I think the <laughs> I not, know. No, like you've now got you've you've got a successful career. You know, you've got a business. You've the influencer work as a career as well. So you're just as busy. Is it just really about the freedom to be kind of master of your own domain? Yeah, I think you're right. Actually, I think you've maybe explained something to me that I I didn't understand about myself before. Maybe it was just that thing that I wanted to. I was going to be best by myself or being my own boss rather than moving up the ranks mm-hmm. so I think that's something I you know if we can speak openly I think like I, I loved working where we worked and it was great for a lot of things but it was quite a rigid structure sometimes yeah. and I think for someone who kind of want you could obviously see the success you were having by being in complete control of something and to watch that you know aside from the fact that you are having a baby and that's going to change your life. That was probably something that would have had an impact as well. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But I guess what it is as well, you always think you're not going to turn out like your parents or some people don't want to turn out like their parents, some people do. I, both my parents have always been self-employed and never worked for anyone else. And so growing up, I never saw either of them getting up and going to work having the weekends off work it was just um relaxed and I didn't even really feel like I either of them did have a job because my dad's a DJ so worked weekend nights I was in bed my mum was an actress that worked once a year (laughs) like (laughs) sorry mum she is brilliant (laughs) but again it wasn't ever her she wanted to stay at home and be a mum uh-huh um, so it was only ever something on the side. So I guess I saw that and I thought, I'm not going to be like that. I want to have a job. I want to go and go out and have a job. Just do, be employed. <laughs> and I've ended up being self-employed and so is my brother. So I feel like we've all ended up, my mum said recently, how funny, isn't it? That all four of us, we all are just, she was like, it's great really. It's all you can ask for that your kids are doing what they want to do, what makes them happy, so. And have you found it hard that obviously you've got these two growing businesses that are kind of operating side by side? Have you found it hard? Do you have to kind of keep a check in that to be able to dedicate the time you want as a mum or is that a challenge, balancing the two? It's the biggest challenge ever. Um, I'm sure you, you feel it with being a dad. You never feel like you're spending enough time with your child or on your job. Always so, letting someone down. Yeah, you're, <laughs> all, you're always dropping a plate yeah. somewhere. I feel like it's impossible to do everything to 100%. So, And with baby skin on one hand and then the last drop on the other hand, even just juggling time between those two, I just... It's difficult because I do really want to channel a lot of energy into the last drop. But then I'm getting so much work now through from baby skin and the the money draw is there. The money with the last drop because it's a business in early days. I understand the work is going to go in and it's going to build and build and build. But when you're so time... 
what would be the word time sensitive if you have to make a choice and if I have to make the money I have to go over there for a little bit and channel my energy into there and then I think oh god last drop yeah okay I need to do a post on there and I need to start you know doing an influencer drive on there and sending more product out and maybe developing a new product and it is next to impossible and most of the time I work when honey's having a nap or asleep by which time I'm absolutely exhausted from looking after a toddler all day it's just really tough um and as you've probably seen now because I never stopped banging on about it I take a Friday Saturday off social media so I just delete my Instagram app completely because otherwise I just know I would just go back in. Was it becoming a problem and how yeah. often you were? Definitely, definitely becoming a problem um, inside my own head, I think, more so than anything else. And I was speaking to my mum about it and she was like, what can you do? What can you do to help? There must be something you can do. Because I was feeling really like I was not giving honey my full attention because I'm always scrolling through my phone, but then at the same time it's, work because I'm replying to messages I'm sending people links to buy things that technically could turn into a sale affiliate sale for me so that is generating income um she was like can you take a day off and I was like no 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 I can't take a day off you know my engagement will drop then brands won't want to work with me and blah 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 and she was like okay and then I actually calmed down a bit and was like no I will take a day off I was like, I will fucking take a day off. Everyone else takes has days off mm-hmm. work. Why do influencers not have days off work? And it, I think it is a lot of that scared to of your engagement and, you know, scared to take a step back because it is such a 24-hour-a-day job. But I just thought, I'll give it a go. If it is a disaster, I'll go back. And it's not been a disaster. It's actually been amazing I feel like I have so much breathing space in those two days to just give honey my undivided attention and when I come back on Sunday I kind of have new oomph I can be bothered to post I can be bothered to reply to messages I know that that sounds bad like I should be so grateful that I have this great job but yeah, like any job, you need a break. It's diminishing returns after a while if you just keep going yes. on that grind. Uh, yeah. And I imagine it's hard for you to step away when, you know, I think everyone will feel that if they get like 50 likes on a post or 60 likes on a post and they're like, ooh, I'm getting, I'm so popular and everyone approved, the tribe approves of me. Yeah. But then when you're getting, I don't know, you know, thousands or however many people are <laughs> um, liking your posts, it must be really, really hard because it is, you know, these. You know, Instagram uh, and Facebook are clever beasts, you know, so they know how to keep you hooked and to have that level of popularity, it must be hard to be able to take yourself away from that. Yeah, and it can be hard in a way as well because, as I said before, I don't have the social aspect of going to work anymore and um, they are like my friends and my community and if I am on a day off and something happens in my it sounds so stupid, something happens in my life, like I'm feeling a bit low or, you know, Ralph's at work or I don't know, something annoys me and I want to go on there and I want to vent 
my mm. frustration and then I have what feels like my friends chatting to me and it's so comforting um so yeah it's it's a very very weird world we live in isn't it if I very think diff- about it for too long it does make me feel quite weird but it's, it's hard as well because especially you know a completely different situation from you but I certainly feel like right I've got I can I can look at Instagram because it's my job really to understand what's going mm-hmm. on there, which is a really dangerous cracking open of the door that you can now look at it at any time. And you know, I've certainly caught myself sometimes where you know Miles is Miles is only going to be this old for a very limited period of time, and then I'm sitting there looking at absolute nonsense on my phone sometimes rather than watching him playing with a piano or bouncing on a trampoline. And then you're, it does kind of you get these wake up calls sometimes. So to be able to take that step away is important. But then it must be hard the rest of the time as well. Uh, yeah, and as you said, like you do feel the guilt so bad when you're sitting there scrolling through your phone and your child's just like, you know, bouncing off the walls, or you're having to stick the TV on because otherwise you can't get through to reply to your messages and things like that. But I do think to myself, you know. To even for her to even be in my presence here, even if I am not a hundred percent in it all the time, for her to have that is must be so nice for her and comforting to like what what's the alternative? Me go to work and her being nursery five days a week. I know that some kids love nursery and mums you know feel that it's beneficial for their kids but for me personally and I just want to be with her it's just that's just what I want and I think that she wants that too she's very attached to me and for us to just be able to sit on the same sofa even if I'm not 100% like attentive all day I say to myself that must be still a nice thing for her to just have me there definitely (laughs) so that's how I make myself feel better (laughs) (laughs) so so tell me about how how did you become an influencer talk me through that journey (laughs) um so I I started my Instagram um and at the time it was good timing um they do say like a lot of success is down to luck and timing and I launched my Instagram page when there weren't a whole lot of skincare specific influencers around um it wasn't really a thing it was YouTube makeup tutorials and fashion influencers that was the thing um so I started that it grew really quickly um and it was kind of well what I deemed at the time to be successful straight off the bat it was I grew to like 10,000 followers in the first year and um you know I had the skincare community was building and building it was kind of small enough that we all followed each other and supported each other and then obviously now it's crazy I don't know how many skin influencers there must be in the world um but yeah um I just started off you know reviewing products sharing my routine um 
if I were to look back, I'd probably be like, Jesus Christ, why was anyone taking <laughs> skincare tips from me using all sorts of nonsense on my face? Um, and yeah, then as with anything, I started to get a bit kind of, oh God, how many skincare products can I use? Then I got pregnant. So it became all pregnancy, everything, all my world revolved around babies and pregnancy and motherhood. And now that I've kind of calmed down with the motherhood stuff, it's coming all back to skincare and beauty and I've got, you know, the drive for that again. So it kind of just, it's flexible in the way that it just goes where my interests go, really. I think a lot of influencers and I admire them, are very good at being focused on the one thing and they really, really build that brand, that fashion influencer brand, whereas, and, you know, their stories, will they'll be only talking about clothing links and my stories, I'm like, oh, I'm going out for a coffee or honey hasn't slept tonight or today I'm using this skincare product and I just feel like people tell me that I'm relatable. Obviously, I'm only relatable to them if they have a child that doesn't sleep or they're into the same skincare products. But, you know, um, I think it's becoming more and more of a focus for influencers to be relatable and share real-life-ish than to share what Instagram used to be, which was post photos, um only going to restaurants that were Instagrammable, only going on holidays that looked good in a photo, that kind of thing. Um, and to be honest, I much more enjoy the relatable content as well. Like, I don't know about you, but an, a perfectly aesthetic feed to me now is kind of like, eh. It's like, what do they say about the difference between Glasgow and Edinburgh? It's like, <laughs> Edinburgh's the amazing looking bird with no chat. <laughs> In Glasgow's the not so looking bird with good bad terms. Yeah, so yeah. I think I would deem myself the not so looking, not so good looking bird with good bad terms. <laughs> so why, why skin? At the skin. Start? Um, I've never been into wearing a lot of heavy makeup, and so if you aren't into wearing a lot of heavy makeup, you really need to make sure that your skin is looking as good as possible. Um. And yeah, I just took real interest in it. My mum, real interested, uh, real interest. My mum has always kind of had all sorts of lotions and potions, and um, she would let me borrow stuff here and there. And yeah, it's just nice. It's just a bit luxurious, isn't it? It's like really not that necessary in the grand scheme of things. But if you can, like, wash your face with nice smelling things and go to bed at night feeling like oh, it's relaxing <laughs> need to try it <laughs> I highly recommend it Gregor I've managed to finally get my partner on a full AM and PM skincare wow. routine and he is converted let me tell I you I do remember telling you once that I'd bought a moisturiser for the first time yes. and you being very very proud of me so um, uh, you've influenced me um <laughs> So how do you feel? Obviously, there's so much negativity towards influencers and all, yes. all that. How, how do you feel about that? I feel quite strongly about it, of course, because I'm quite um, precious over it. It's my job and I'm 
so grateful that it's my job that it's allowed me to be at home with my daughter I don't see many other ways that that could have really happened for me so yeah I do feel defensive but I do understand where people are coming from I think at the heart of it it's a real ignorance and a lack of understanding of what influencers do I think the perception is that we get given free stuff to live a life of luxury and you know sell fake things that we don't actually use to kind of take advantage of people and like it's just so like the work that goes into it I'm not trying to say it's as difficult as you know even other jobs I've done in the past and you know a job in Urban Outfitters a job in PR it's not as difficult in those jobs like it's it's not it's an it's a funner job but there is a lot of work that goes into it I have an agent I I would say loads of people probably more people do those jobs so it does take something a special skill to be able to get that following and to be able to make yourself so that's yeah, probably the, the yeah. Difference. So you've got to be a creative to start with, because you're having to come up with ideas constantly, and then on top of that, you have to have all sort. You have to bloody be able to get the camera edit all sorts of things these days, and like it used to just be posting a photo. Now it's reels, and it just moves so quick. But yeah, just you know all the all the only thing that you see is the very finished product like I could have been working that ad- some of the ads you see me post that I will have been working on for months like from initially reading through the contract making sure looking at all the small print getting to know the legal jargon going back and forth with brands saying no I'm not willing to give up these usage rights but I will give up these or if you want to do that, you need to pay me X amount more per month. Like they do try and get as much as they can from us without us realizing because we don't understand the contract. So there's a lot in understanding that. And then once that is agreed on, then you've got the content, which then again is going to go back and forth with the brand. They're going to ask what your idea is. You're going to pitch it to them. They're going to say, mm, can you do this instead? You'll create it. They've got amends, blah, 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 blah. Like it's so. So by the time you see what I post that looks like a video that I took in 15 minutes, it could have really been going on for months and months to get to that point. Um, so yeah, it's not just as as fun all the time as it seems. And do you have to knock back quite a lot of brands? I knock back a lot of jobs. Um, obviously, in the beginning, I was just so excited to do anything anyone asked of me. Um, so I basically, I didn't knock back much. But now I really don't like to do jobs that I don't think that my followers would be interested in. It's damaging to my platform um, because they're going to be like, she's just posting this rubbish that we're not interested in I'm going to stop watching her stories now then my story views go down for example so yeah I'll want to do things that either I'm interested in or I think there's a potential for interest 
brands that I already love so like a lot of the ads that I'll do I'll say to my agent oh listen I've just started using this moisturizer and I really love it like could you reach out to the brand and see if we can work together so sometimes it works like that or sometimes a brand will come to us say we want Ruby to work with us and I'll try all the products and it'll work that way around um so yeah it is like a two-way street it's not just always here you talk about my moisturizer sometimes it's oh I love this this and this can you can we try and work with one of those brands? And yeah. And how long have you had an agent? Um, only since April last year. Um, and it is a total game changer. Well, it has been for me anyway. I know people, other influencers that I'm friends with have different experiences. But um, to be able to take away a lot of the... Um, admin side of things and the outreach side of things which is very time consuming as we know it's mm-hmm. the same as trying to to pitch a story mm-hmm. to the media as we would do in PR she's pitching me to brands constantly all the time going back and forth with deliverables so um yeah it's been brilliant and she's brilliant I love her we whatsapp more than my mum dad <laughs> partner like it's non-stop voice notes and messages so yeah well wasn't that interesting i can't wait to hear what they say next if you're looking for something for your eyes to do while you're listening to this fascinating interview why not visit our website at wearestoryshop.com there you can do it all sign up for our newsletters filled with witty commentary read all the lovely things our clients have to say about us Meet the team and find our social media channels so you can keep up to date with all the stories we're telling. That's wearestoryshop.com. Now back to the interview. So what's, talk me through a kind of week in the life. <sighs> Probably so much more dull than you want to imagine, <laughs> Gregor. Uh, a week in the life. <sighs> Some weeks I am... Um, you know, putting in orders for the last drop to suppliers in the morning and then, you know, if I have stuff on the go, like, the time frame from that's quite long. It can be four to six weeks for a piece of jewellery to actually produce. So there's, like, a constant cycle of actually putting in orders and orders coming to me. Then I box them up, label them all. They go to a separate engraver that's in Glasgow City Centre. Come back to me. I package, box everything, send to customers. So I basically, I do a lot of post office runs, probably every day. I wake up with Annie. We both have breakfast. She always gets to be dressed and ready first, of course. Then I will do whatever I can in the time I am given to get ready. Um, We'll go to the post office, come back, nap. I eat while she sleeps try and shoot any content if I have time then she's up we'll go to the park we'll try and visit someone kind of get out and about and then we're back dinner bath bed usually doesn't go to sleep back out of bed sit in front of telly try bed again back off again I thought it was meant to get easier (laughs) no 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 um gets about half 10 she goes to sleep I get back up out of bed wash my face do content if I have to try and unwind so watch any rubbish I can on TV, scroll through my phone, reply to messages, go to bed, that's it. <laughs> really exciting. <laughs> so tell us about Last Drop. 
So the last drop is a jewellery brand um, I run. I've designed everything so far. I have no background in jewellery design, but I basically was sitting breastfeeding my daughter and my phone died. And I just had to sit there for a couple of hours with my own thoughts. Um, <laughs> and I was just, I was due to return back to work soon from mat leave. And I was just thinking, I don't want to do that. What can I do? And um, that was going on in the back of my head at the same time as me genuinely thinking, God, breastfeeding's hard. I'm going to buy myself something nice. I'm going to buy myself a little treat to say to you know say well done to myself and I was like think like thinking "Mm, maybe a piece of jewelry would be nice that's like a nice memento something you keep forever you know I could look at it and think oh yeah I've read (laughs) I did a good job there um and then obviously fast forward a bit I actually thought of like the name and the design first so I was like oh it could be you know, jewellery for breastfeeding mums. It could be called the last drop, as in the last drop of breast milk when you finish breastfeeding. You reward yourself with a wee bit of jewellery to think of how well you've done. Um, and I was like, oh, the Owen drop could be like a droplet shape and then the ring is a droplet shape and it's a signet ring. And it all started piecing together. Um, just like a brainstorm in my head. I came through, Honey Fell Seat came through to my mum and Ralph. It was lockdown, so my mum was living with us. And I was like, I've come up with this idea. What about a ring to celebrate stopping breastfeeding? But not a breast milk ring, because that's all that exists. And I don't want a ring with dried up breast milk in it. It's just not my, not aesthetically what I would like. Plus, I hated, if you're going to get down to like the nitty gritty, I really hated pumping. So I didn't have reserve milk in the fridge to be putting in a piece of jewellery so I was like what about just a really nice simplistic stylish thing it could be called the last drop they were both like right yeah yeah like what we're watching on tv tonight like come on hurry up go make a cup of tea kind of thing um and then yeah just I said to my dad he's super creative coming up comes up with an invention an idea every other week he was like that's a great idea I know, I know a lecturer at um, Glasgow School of Art and Jewellery. Call her if you want. I'll mess her. You call her. So called her, told her the idea. She told me how to go about it, where I could get the piece of jewellery produced, how much it would probably cost me, um, like per unit. And I just went for it. <laughs> I just did it. I didn't, you know, money-wise, I didn't have any money because I was on statutory maternity pay and it pretty much run out. Um... But I thought, well, if I can just pay for two rings, a silver and a gold one, and some photography. I didn't even hire a photographer. I hired a girl who I'm friends with on Instagram just because I really like the photos that she takes. And I knew she had a proper camera. I said, would you be up for this? She was like, yeah, totally. So did that. Mm, Created an Instagram page, created a bit of hype, as we know, as I learned a lot from you. Pre-promote, pre-promote. Um... And then, yeah, I just launched with literally the photos of those two rings and any orders that came in were made to order and that was it. It just really took off. So what would you do differently about that launch and starting that business? Is there anything you look back on and think, I wish I'd done that differently? When I look back, I think um, 
as you always would, like not everything was perfect, but I don't regret that and I wouldn't go back and change it because I think for me, I can be quite a perfectionist and get really caught up on small details and it really stresses me out. Um, and what The Last Drop has really, really taught me is to, you know, put those voices in the back of your head because really what you notice, because it's your business, is not noticeable to mm-hmm. outsiders. Just keep pushing forward and making process. It doesn't matter if you've not started with something perfect because if you're waiting and waiting and waiting for everything to be perfect, you're you are falling behind someone else who just has the confidence to keep on pushing forward and they're overtaking you so I just you know would swallow my pride like I think maybe that photo isn't the one or maybe this ring needs a little bit tweaking but I say I can do that as I go Mm -hmm. just go just be moving and do you think that's where being an influencer is going, it seems more and more that influencers are starting their own companies and selling yeah. a product. Well, I think it's amazing that um, obviously influencers are being able to create a brand out of what they do um, and influencing may not be around forever. So I think it's only sensible and um, logical to try if you can to build something that's gonna be more long lasting Mm -hmm. and I don't want to be in the public eye for my whole in the public eye I said like such a celebrity (laughs) um I don't want to be have my whole life on show for Mm -hmm. forever for everyone to see and people aren't going to be interested in my skin when it's old and hanging so (laughs) so I just I think it's always good to have a backup plan and I think create as a creative it's good to have different things that you can jump in and out mm-hmm. of because we do get bored of always the same thing all the time and if you can take your mind out of one thing and put it into another thing for a little while it's really helpful so so what would you do if Instagram closed tomorrow I would just put 110% effort into the last drop and to be honest I would really enjoy the opportunity to do that and saying that now is going to probably make you and people say oh well why don't you just stop doing Instagram and just do the last job <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just but hard, not quite well, there yeah. yet because you know you've got because to make the last drop grow there's two things there's your time where she can throw into that and make it yeah. better but there's also your profile and that will help so to give up it that does help they totally feed into each other like i'm so lucky that i built an audience of i built my tar- i had my target or- audience so that is why the last drop managed to be successful almost immediately i most brands have to spend a long time building their target audience and getting those people that they want following them whereas I had it like to have whatever the last drop has over 7,000 young breastfeeding mums there is pretty you know special I love it I love the fact that I'm surrounded by no offence guys women like it's just I find it really 
safe and empowering and it's just brilliant. <laughs> I sound so passionate. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And um, So one thing I wanted to ask was, see the ASA regulations, how has that changed <gasps> things as an influencer? Oh, jeez, oh, I probably do things that I sh- I'm shouldn't i mean i do i declare every single ad as you should right at the beginning of the caption or in the corner of the video but then it gets so complex with like oh if it's gifted it's an ad or if you're invited to an event it's an ad and i think it confuses followers because they're Mm -hmm. like is she so she's at an event she's getting paid to be at that event and it's like no but i'm here but i was invited here and i'm getting free food so it's an ad but I don't find that helpful. So I mm-hmm. do do like gifted specifically and then add mm-hmm. separately if it's if it's paid for. Um but I know people that get like dobbed in, like your followers will message ASA. I mean I've never like, heard of it actually you see sometimes in the papers. I, I have. But yeah. S- somebody, um a friend of mine, just another mummy blogger, similar amount of followers, said that she's been emailed with and warned because somebody like grasped her in basically but i i've seen as well in the media this week that they're saying love island it's always ex love islanders like as if they're always the villains are always the bad Mm -hmm. guys they can do no right do you know what i mean um so yeah i did see that that they're not declaring ads and they're getting in big trouble but Mm -hmm. it's like there's bigger problems in the world there probably are there probably are so have you do you have, do you plan ahead like do you have a plan for the next year three years five years? I do not. Um, however, content wise, like with my ads and stuff, I currently have things plotted in up until like mid March. Um, so not that far ahead, and it still always leaves room for stuff to go in last minute. Um. But yeah, I've never planned content. Um, feel like it probably would make life easier if I did. But because my Instagram, as I said, just follows what I'm into at that time, mm-hmm. it it changes. So I really just go with the flow. And as for the last drop, I do think I should probably be more business minded and should probably have a conversation with you actually about how I can you know make a five-year plan or 10-year plan business-wise um but for now I literally just think oh this month I've got some time let's I'll reach out to influencers and and you know do a lot of gifting Mm -hmm. it's really as relaxed as that it's not planned out in the slightest of course, if I've come up with a new product launch, I'll think, right, I want to launch this close to payday and I want to have enough time to have influencer hype leading up to it. So I'll plot it in the calendar for the end of in two months time or whatever. But that's really as as far as it goes. I think most plans end up changing apart and completely yeah. changing. But I think the good thing certainly we found is knowing where you want to get to eventually. Yeah. And if you have a rough idea, that may change where you get to, but then at least everything will be informed by doing that. So do you have, for both sides of your business, Baby Skin and Last Drop, do you do you think in 10 years if they were this, I would be happy? Or No, no? I honestly, 
I'm being completely honest. Um, I should probably tell a white lie, but I just think I just have ten year plans in my head for me. Mm. I just think I want to still be with Ralph in a mm. happy relationship, have another child, and be still financially um, comfortable and be happy. I I really don't think further into it than that and then I guess if you always have that in your head as the goal then whatever happens business wise with both will always just be Mm -hmm. feeding into that idea of having enough money to be comfortable and at the end of the day being not too stressed and happy (laughs) something I wrestle with that I'm going to ask you about is I post a lot about my son Yes. You know, because I think, uh, but I think obviously there's a lot of people who think that's a bad thing yes, to be doing. Yes, yes. How, how do you feel about that? It's really hard and it does actually make you feel a bit sick when people do post how potentially damaging it is. And when I do see people share kind of articles or books about that, kind of thing the dangers of sharing your child online and things my immediate response is annoyed Mm -hmm. because obviously I'm defensive because that is what I do and ultimately I I would want to keep doing that but I can't ignore it so I will go back and I will look and I will read um and there are a couple of things I do very simple and probably not good enough I don't ever use hashtags on images of honey anymore at all um so I won't do you know a lot of people will do hashtag baby girl hashtag baby outfit as you can imagine it only takes you to actually think stop and think about it for five minutes to think Jesus Christ that's a bad bad idea um not to shame anyone who does it I used to do it if you look back at my post you'll see but once I actually took a second I thought right that's a bad idea that's mm. poor common sense um so i don't do that um the older she gets i would really like her to be less present on my mm. page um i see a lot of kind of parent influencers i don't know if you've seen this as well but i think it's a great idea and it was actually my mum that said to me they'll only ever have their child kind of either side or like the yep. back of them and they're like beautiful photos cute little outfits nice scenery and everything but it's just not a in your face baby Mm -hmm. or child um just you know little ways I'm gonna have to be mindful of tweaking things the older she gets I don't want her to be in primary school and people thinking that's that you know a mum seeing her and thinking oh there's honey and I already get it like I'll be because Glasgow's in such a so small and so many of my followers are Glaswegian. I'll be out somewhere in the park and people say, oh, there's Honey. I follow mm. you on Instagram. And it, on one hand, I'm like, oh, how cool. Like, nice to meet you. And on another hand, I think, Jesus, that's a wee bit dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like to think that the majority of people in the world are good people, but there are some really, really horrible hideous people too so yeah it's just something I think as long as it's something that we're considering as parents yeah 
and thinking of ways to to help to limit any potential danger, then you just got to be mindful, don't you? I think that's being a parent, though. It's you learning all the time. Yeah, and exactly. Nobody, no, nobody's baby's born and they know what to do at the beginning. And social media is fairly new in the grand scheme of the world. So we're just going to have to keep learning. Mm-hmm. And there is something nice in the fact that, well, I've certainly found for, for me that you're people who maybe haven't seen miles or met miles but who have been a part of my life at some point are able to kind of keep up to date with him it is nice and it's like people you went to school with or family that live in other countries they'll be like oh i see that you know miles is doing so well or i see that miles is sitting up now or Mm -hmm. i see that this and it is nice to have that um so it is difficult to you know like with everything in life have a happy medium and especially for for you as well, when you're, you know, it's all about showing you and your authentic self, yeah. and you think how big a part of your life honey is. Exactly, you know, it's, it's exactly. It's and people say to me, like, she was on my page a bit less recently, and someone was like, Oh, I feel like honey's never on your page now that she's not breastfeeding. Haha, <laughs> like, we like we miss honey kind of thing. And I was like, It is a mindful decision. Mm-hmm. I've not just. I'm not just bored with her. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry, your engagement down. Yeah, yeah, down yeah, yeah honey. So, sorry, darling, you're just not doing it for me anymore. Um, so yeah, um, but then you get a brand that wants to work with you, and it's a kids brand. Your kid needs to be in the photo, and you think, am I, you know, mm-hmm. selling? Yeah, selling out hard. to have my kid on to get a pay. Like it's it's really mm-hmm. hard. But then would people have looked down on Macaulay Culkin's parents or for letting him, you know, or any well, child actor? yeah, and know, at the time, no. Uh-huh. But looking back, maybe. Yeah. But there's got to be kids in films. Like, what, where's the... What, how, what, can you do, what can you do? I don't know. I would personally never want Honey to be in, in the limelight like that as a uh-huh. child, but then... There has to be, ch- like, if you think about it, there has to be children in TV adverts and films and fo- and campaigns, so. Yeah. It's hard. It's <laughs> very hard. Um, so, I would like to ask you a few questions oh. that I may or may not have prepped you on. I may have forgotten what I was going to say already. Okay. So, at the end of each episode, this is a fairly new thing, so it's just one other So, episode. at the end of this episode. At the end of this episode. <laughs> We're going to ask you, who would play you in a film of your life? Mm, I'm going to pretend to think about this for a while as if we hadn't Mm. already discussed it before we started. Um, I came to the conclusion that it's a bit of a no-brainer that my mum should play me in a film of my life. Um, She's an actress, so she has the tools for the job and everyone does say that we are literally like... I'm a carbon copy of her, so yeah, she just you know have to um, get a little bit, a little bit of CGI on there, a <laughs> little bit of wrinkle reduction. <laughs> In fact, she's probably less wrinkly than me, um, but yeah, would have to be my great mum. <laughs> okay, and if you had the biography, what would it be called? Oh no, we didn't prep this one, Gregor. I did. I mentioned it. What would my biography be called? Yeah. 
oh god, just have to be like a standard. You've got to have some sort of skin pun there. I know. Well, I suppose baby skin already is kind of a, a not a pun, but it's. Yeah, we could just call it baby skin. Just, just maybe call just it your something. Instagram handle just for extra yeah, so in case people just are walking past. Baby skin, the life of a influencer turned mum. <laughs> okay. Skin in the game. You've got skin to be skin it to win it. Game. <laughs> no. Skin, skin in, in the, the gram? No. Um <laughs> skin great skin and skint. That's like okay. on my downfall. Skin and skint. <laughs> um, and I'm not sure if I did actually prep you in this one, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Okay. okay, so in that aforementioned film, um, what would the first song in the soundtrack be? Oh, that's an exciting one. Ah, oh, I feel like, you know, I like anything from the um what's the, even the TV program called that has gone out of my head with um Nicole Kidman and Reese Witherspoon. Pretty Little Liars. Or yeah, that, pretty yeah. Little Liars. Pretty, pretty, Pr- no. pretty Little Pretty I was gonna say Pretty Little Liars, and then I was like, that's not what it's called. Little, or, yeah. But basically the whole theme tune to that I just think is really emotive and great. I can't even remember it. What? I can't. No, I remember the. I can't remember the the, the, oh, the music. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I it? am not gonna start <laughs> singing it. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't rip off the actual theme tune. But like one of the songs throughout. What's it called? What's Pretty, it little called? Pretty, Pretty little liars. Pretty little lies. Pretty little lies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like river by Leon Bridge or something. Just like moving and like cry because I love that kind of music I'd love to just like sit and cry and be in my feels um, and normally uh, we ask if there was one business a shout out to one business you love in Ooh. Glasgow but I want you to do a shout out to one business you love and one influencer you love oh that's nice okay one business I love is very easy it's going to be Yamas Greek Taverna <laughs> um, my friend's Greek restaurant that her and her mum run it's just brilliant and she has like put so much like thought and effort into making it what it is so yeah she is inspiring to me and one influencer that I love in Glasgow or we can spread it out if there's someone oh there's so many people I love it's so hard I don't want to just choose one and you don't have to choose Hulk Reviews right (laughs) <laughs> oh my god oh my god um, do you know an influencer that I really love and um, she's not in Glasgow but she's in Edinburgh so it's close enough she's called Nadia Thorburn and she has triplets and a little boy and um, an older boy and I just love her page because she is like so um obviously busy and stressed but she's got like such a positive outlook on life and motherhood and she just laughs and she literally rolls with the punches like she's just like yeah so like this is the situation day like all the kids are screaming this and that but she just like 
ha- gets on with it, and uh, I just think she's great, so it would be her. Need to look her up. You do. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. If you know a purpose-driven entrepreneur with a story worth telling who would make for a great guest on the Story Shop podcast, send us a message on social media. We're at We Are Story Shop on all channels.